Now, before we begin, can you guys like the video? Everyone on the video right now, like it. Because we're such a small YouTube channel, it helps so much. It's a little thing you can do, but it means our video gets promoted to so many more people. And it helps such a massive deal. So yeah, please can you guys do that. Anyway, back into the video. Coming up on the show, we take a look at Ronaldo's future at Juventus. Plus, we look at how Northern Ireland's leader has stepped back. And finally, we have many more stories about tech, entertainment and much, much more. Anyway, enough formalities, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to what I believe is now the fourth instalment of Real Pool Reports. I'm glad we've got this far, but anyway, enough of that. We've got lots of exciting stories planned for this episode, as you'll have heard in the introduction. But first, we're going to talk about a story with Boris Johnson, the man who runs our country. So, let's get into it. Now, you may have heard in the news recently a lot of stuff about so-called lobbying and Boris Johnson getting money that he wasn't meant to. But what does all this mean? Like, do you know what lobbying means? Do you know why this is wrong? Probably not, and neither did I. So that's why I'm here to tell you all about it. So, lobbying is basically when someone sort of uses their position in power to help someone get something. So, for example, let's say... Uh, Oscar's best friend is on a judging panel for a contest. Now, if Oscar might tell his best friend, oh, mate, can you make sure I win? And then if his best friend goes and does that, that's basically like a form of lobbying, really. Uh, that's kind I of see. how I'd describe it. Oh, there you go. That's a, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Um. So, basically, what Boris and his mates have been accused of over the past few weeks is a lot of different lobbying scandals. So, if you'd have listened to our episode, I think it was last week, we were talking about David Cameron and his lobbying scandal with the Chancellor, Richie Sunak. If you haven't heard that, then go check out our episode after this one. It's a pretty good one. Now, you may be thinking, oh, that's a bit of a silly rule. Why can't he do that? Well, actually, it's the principle of it that's wrong. Because that law was sort of brought into place to say, hang on, you can't just do whatever you want without telling the public that you're doing it or without telling us that you're doing it to stop things where, like, people can sort of do whatever they want as a Prime Minister without actually having anyone challenge it, which is what the whole of the Houses of Parliament is for. So, for example, it's there to stop Boris Johnson right. passing laws that people right. wouldn't actually vote for. So, like, let's say Boris Johnson wanted to create a law that stopped people from being able to eat cookies. That, law's, that law is there to stop him be, being able to do that without telling the Houses of Parliament. Because what he actually has to do is tell the Houses of Parliament and they can have a debate on it. And it's sort of the idea that it's wrong. It's not necessarily what he's done is that bad. It's actually the principle of it. Because a lot of people have been outraged at the fact that the man who's meant to be running our country doesn't even tell people what he's doing when he legally has to. And that's really sort of outraged a lot of people. And then the other story that I feel like people have got quite annoyed about with Boris is the whole story about another lobbying scandal within the government and that's the one with James Dyson now you may know the name James Dyson from Dyson Hoovers obviously and he is the owner of them in fact I believe he's now the richest man in the UK well I say oh, wow. in the UK he was a prominent Brexiteer who was <laughs> like oh yes we love England we love England England is best so what he went and did was uh, he broke for Brexit, made everyone vote for Brexit and then went and moved over to Singapore and moved all his manufacturing and stuff like that over to Singapore so he didn't have to pay the tax of England. So yeah, 
not really what he says he is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though, kind of shocking how these people sort of claim, oh, yes, this, 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 and actually they're quite hypocritical when it comes down to using it in actual practice. But the problem with him was, in the middle of the pandemic, right. it um they were trying to, like, Boris was offering them to make ventilators, but James Dyson was saying, oh, well, I'd quite like to move my stuff over to the UK to do it and some of my materials. But legally, you have to pay, I think it's a 20% tax on that, right? But what what James Dyson did was he directly messaged Boris Johnson and for Boris Johnson to let him do that without having to do any of the tax. And Boris Johnson said he could. Now, the deal didn't go through. But let me just remind you. Jesus. Boris Johnson has let a man who left the country to not pay taxes, he was letting him come back, bring everything back into the country without having to pay taxes directly through messaging and he didn't tell anyone whatsoever. So he was basically letting his mate come through and save a load of money. Like, you think 20% of a certain amount, think how much that actually is in terms of money, in terms of parts and stuff like that. 20% of, of like, billions of pounds or like tens of millions that's so much money that actually could have been used for the british economy and could have been used to help support the nhs but boris johnson was willing to let his mate bypass that purely because he was his mate and one thing i found quite surprising was one of the tories came out and said oh well 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 this this doesn't really matter because actually james dyson wouldn't have gained that much out of it and neither would boris but actually he would have, because I think it was a multi-million pound, if not billion pound contract he was signing. What? And for him not to have to pay tax would have given him a massive profit margin. That's insane. So, yeah. Wow. And I think a lot of the thing that's annoyed people is sort of, this man has been able to go for Brexit and promote it, Jeez. then leave the country, right, and not have to pay any of the taxes, which helps the so-called mighty Britain he so-called loves. Um... And then, as soon as there's an opportunity in Britain to make money, he comes scampering back but doesn't want to pay the taxes. And Boris Johnson is happy to let him do that. But anyway, should we move on to another story? Yes, let's do it. What have we got next? Um, I'll do the football one, yeah? Sure. Now, with Covid, as you'll all know, it's taken a toll on everything. It's taken a toll on shops, how we interact with one another. But it's also taken something me and Oscar both love away. And that's entertainment. Now, for me, it's football. And for Oscar, it's things like musicals and concerts. Mm, definitely. So we're going to be doing a little feature story on that. And with football, there's some really brilliant news that's come out. For the last two games of the season, the Times has reported that there will be a crowd allowed of 10,000 people to watch the match. Now, bearing in mind, I think every single club was in the area that was in Tier 2 when we were last able to have crowds in, which meant they could have crowds of 2,000. And that is a 10,000 big crowd, with 500 of them being made up of away fans. Now, that there is such a massive thing. And I think if you watch the Carabao Cup final, which was won between Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur, where Manchester City went and won it 1-0, um, well, you would have seen that I think there were about four or 5,000 fans in the stadium with about two two. 2,000 roughly on each side, right? And the noise and the atmosphere created by that little amount of people was incredible. So to think 
we could have 10,000 people in a much smaller stadium because you got to remember, Wembley is just so much bigger than the rest. It will give football so much more of an atmosphere and so much more of a life. And I feel like that's such a great thing to be able to do again. But it will be safe because I think everyone has to do lateral flow tests before they do it. Yeah, and lateral flow tests afterwards, which is really good. So it means that you can't really get COVID because I think the lateral flow tests are really good at detecting COVID, except half the amount of COVID positives they give are actually false positives. So that's not that much of a problem. It's just the false negatives that are really a problem because then you can still spread it. But I think we've also got another story about fans being able to get back in, into stadiums. But actually, this is for entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, I was so excited about this one, definitely. Yeah, I think there's many different plays that are coming back on. I think there's Hamilton is to return. I think you've got everybody's talking about Jamie. You've got Anything Goes. You've got Come From Away. And I think you've got Back to the Future, the musical, as well as Cinderella and Frozen, the musical. So you've got lots and lots coming to the West End. And I think you're a really big fan of the West End, aren't you? Definitely. I've been meaning to try and get into another show. I've only, I'm actually, I've not actually been in that many... Uh, I've not seen that many West End shows, and I've been meaning to, but uh, but hopefully we can definitely start seeing these coming back together. It's really exciting. I got um I got tickets to see a bunch of concerts as well at Christmas. I got to see Billie Eilish and also Pentatonix, but of course I never actually got to see them because uh, of COVID, which really sucks. So hopefully that's all going to... Oh, no, because I know you love your music, don't you? Exactly, yeah. It's going to be so sick, though. Imagine being in a concert with, like, that, like being with somebody like Billie Eilish or Pentatonix would be so... Oh, it'd be so oh, weird. It'd be so, like, I've, surreal. I've been to a few concerts, not many, right? But they are such right. a vibe, such an experience, like... I know it's going to sound slightly cringy, but I went to an Ollie Murs concert, right, with my mum for her birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And just the atmosphere, right, the way they are, like, it's so different to an actual song because they've got the flair, they, they're getting the crowd up and everyone's singing, waving their hands really? with the lights. It's, it's such a good atmosphere. And I feel like, yes, you can listen to the songs on your phone, but actually, it's that experience. It's like, oh, yeah. I hate to say it, but it's like the vibe almost, like. And also, like, in feel. terms of, like, paying for tickets and doing all that, it supports the artist, mm. like, really well. Like, people like Billie Eilish, I want to actively support them because they're just so cool. That's why, that's why you know, stuff like downloading songs from Spotify or just, you know, listening to the internet isn't isn't that good. You know, buying, as a, like, if you went and bought a record or bought, um uh, like, one of their CDs, that's, that, you know, just gives it extra support. Yeah. To, I genuinely uh, just buy CDs, to be honest. Yeah, because um, my pa- both my parents' cars, they're just they're kind of they're not old, but they're like from the 2010s. So like, what happens with them is they don't t- they don't have any like stereo things. You know how I think some newer cars now you can sort of connect Spotify up to them. But me and my mum oh, yeah. always yeah, yeah. always have like a good time, just like every six months going and getting a new oh. CD, picking the artists we like That's and everything. So cool. Yeah, but definitely get some CDs. Have you heard? This is something about like an artist in arenas and stadiums. Have you heard KSI, who's now going into, who's been into rapping for quite a yeah. few years, yeah? Have you heard that he's now gonna be doing a concert at the Wembley Arena in 2022 in wow. February? Wow, I know he's, he's just revealed his new album that's come out, which is really exciting. He's very excited about it. He put it on his Instagram story. It's so funny. The Wembley Arena. He's a he's a YouTuber, right? Who literally he grew out of just filming videos with his dad and with his mum and with his brother, just filming random wacky content. And he's been at the grind for years and years and years. I think it's about 15, 16 years now. And look where he is now. He's getting, like, 
top five singles, he's going to probably sell out Wembley Arena. This is a YouTuber we're talking about, mate. It's, it's sick. And I feel like talking about stadiums, crowds and different stuff like that with songs and everything brings us nicely on to Oscar's next stories about entertainment. So, what have you got? So, I'm glad you asked, mate. I've got... Um... I have got a story. So there's an actor called uh, Noel Clark. You may have heard of him. He he was a Doctor Who. He's, he's quite a great um, British actor. Now, basically, he was in this show called uh, Viewpoint, which has been airing like every day of the week uh, on, on ITV recently. Yeah. But uh, Noel Clark has just been... He's been... Um, uh, so there's been allegations uh, of sexual harassment uh, from 20 women. I think they were all... They all, you know, came in and said... Uh, Noel Clark's uh, done this to me, you know, and I think basically what's happened is he's so a couple of weeks ago he got his BAFTA, which is really exciting. So they've actually had to take the BAFTA away from him, so he's now it's been suspended. And he's also so Viewpoint, which is the theatre he's been on, um, they've had to not release the final episode because they said uh, they said um, it was no longer appropriate to broadcast the final episode, uh, and and Sky has also halted uh, its work with Clark because he's also in a show called Bulletproof. Um, and so Sky, that's like a Sky program, so they've had to cancel that as well. It's, it's really sad. Like I couldn't imagine Noel Clark doing this. He does a lot of advocate stuff. He's very much of an activist for this kind of stuff. So it's really, really surprising seeing him being like accused of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really a terrible thing to actually be seeing. Like think of the sort of message he sends out to kids that one of the most famous people in the world, one of the people that they've been looking up to, is there out sexually harassing and touching up women. Like, it's it's really horrible. Hmm. I think he said he vehemently denies any sexual misconduct. You know, it, he, says he, uh, he says he hasn't done it. It's really interesting. I think I've I want to yeah. see this court case because, you know, it's interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is still allegations at the moment. Yeah. Although it is 20 women. And I feel like of late, he'd actually been growing... Like he'd been, he'd had a great career, but he'd really been starting to grow. Like he'd had, he was obviously doing his TV show. I think this was that was a five-part series. I've been watching some of it. It was called Viewpoint, right? Yeah. And it was like a prime-time ITV show. It was like a, meant to be a massive thing, and it, it's been really good, right? So it's like been their feature thing for the week, and they've put so much money into it, and the finale of it has just been stopped because of what he's done, which I think is the right thing to do, but. He was really going mm. up as well. Like he's had his Sky show. He just got a BAFTA. I mean, so sad. It just begs the question: Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? I think of how it can affect those women that it happens to. If you know what I mean, like, mm. how are they gonna feel? <sighs> right. Should we? Uh, I think we should leave that story there. Um, shall I move on yeah. to some tech headlines? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. What have you got? So for tech. Uh... Just say it's Apple, it makes Apple sound worse. <laughs> so, tell me this, have you got a, a message recently that said something like, Hermes, sorry that we missed your delivery today. Please visit so-and-so, you know, a particular link to, to book Oh my god! Have you got it? I've got the exact same one. Yeah. Mine says Hermes. Exactly. Colon. Your package has a £1.45 shipping fee. To pay this now, visit https slash slash myhermes slash reshipping.com. So, 
package will be returned to the sender if unpaid. Exactly. So that virus, basically, the idea is if you click the link, it asks you to put in some details, and then it robs you of your money, obviously. So it's, it's, I was like, because I think, I think I saw somebody else put on their story um, the same thing. I was like, oh, that's weird. I got the same thing. And then I saw it on the headlines. I was like, oh, crap. This is actually a proper thing. So so there you go. That's uh, well, I mean, quite scary, that. For us, it doesn't really affect us, but think about it. To an old, vulnerable person, right, who's about 95, yeah, who hardly oh, receives many messages, right, who really doesn't receive many messages or use their phone much, yeah. to get a message like that, especially if, like, they have bad memory and they forget what they buy and forget what they do, right? Yeah. To get something like that, they might think, oh, my God, have I done that? Oh, my God, I better sort that out, right? Because they won't be thinking of scams because they haven't been taught in the same way we have in terms of how you sort of deal with things like this, right? Mm. Except from a different generation. See, so... I feel like it sort of preys on a lot of old and vulnerable people, right? Well, I've had a really difficult time in not being able to see family members. Then they click on that, try and sort it out, thinking they're doing really good, right? Thinking they're sorting something out, and then it just robs them. Like, actually, how bad of a person do you have to be to try and yeah. rob the elderly and vulnerable? It's called, for those who are knowing, so it's called the Flubot, F-L-U-B-O-T. Uh, and can take uh, other devices and spy on phones to gather sensitive data, including online banking details. That's that's really uh, why does that happen? Here's man? a tip for you: please please don't click on the link to try and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, don't do it's that. It's not advised. It, it will, it, what it'll do is it'll snap your IP, and then so it will like you'll find out what your IP address is, and they can just hack you from there. If you, if someone's got your IP address, then you're screwed. So there you go. That's uh, a very sad and you know annoying. Um, Tech headline there for you. So that's that's all the stories that I've got. Yay, we love the positivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite funny. Um, <laughs> now let's move on to Between the Headlines. I shall know if you watched our last episode. It's a new segment to the show where we sort of look what's happened in the week and look between the headlines, look what hasn't, what isn't being covered. But actually, this isn't something that's happened this week. It's actually something that hasn't happened at all in the last few weeks. It's... Michael Gove turning up to things. Michael Gove being in public. Now, where is Michael Gove? Begs the question. This man, a couple of months ago, though, seriously, was all over everything, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. It's insane. He's just he's just vanished. <laughs> he's just disappeared. It is kind of almost freaky how a man who's, like, everywhere has sort of just disappeared. Like, I was, th- I was thinking about it the other day, and it's like, I just researching stuff for the podcast and everything, and it's like, where actually has he been? And it's like, you don't realise anything until it's mentioned, and then it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> where actually has he been? But I sort of, this is not really a conspiracy theory, but I sort of have an idea of why he might not have been appearing everywhere. Tell us, Finn. Give us your yeah. thoughts. Well, I sort of have a belief that, I sort of have an idea that, as you'll have heard in recent, well, in the last couple of months, a lot of the Tories have sort of been digging dirt upon each other, right? Of how there's been all these lobbying scandals, right? right? And I reckon he doesn't want to get into any beef with anyone or anything whatsoever, right? Because he'll know, as much as he has dirt on some other people, he'll know they will have a lot of dirt on each other, right? I think most of them do because they are rather corrupt, if I do say <laughs> so, right? They are, though. Right. Like, some of the stuff they get up to is pretty dodgy. So he knows that quite a lot of people will probably have a lot of dirt on him and a lot of stuff that they can produce on him. So I reckon he's just trying to stay out of the way of the media and out of the way of it all so then he doesn't get caught up in it all and he doesn't get done for it. Right. 
But that's just a bit of a conspiracy. That makes sense. I can, but it, yeah. it does, yeah, you can see. Because if he's got something that might dig up, that people might dig up on him, then you can see why he sort of would want to hide it. And I reckon he might be thinking, well, if Boris Johnson's getting rumbled, which he keeps doing, right? And if quite a few of them keep getting rumbled about doing all this lobbying stuff and not declaring it, yeah. well, actually, he might have an opportunity to sort of get in there and maybe be the next Prime Minister in his head. He's thinking, right, if these lot get screwed over by all this situation, I'll stay clean, I'll stay out of it, and then I'll bop up and be like, all right, guys, he's gone. Boris has got done because he broke the ministerial code. I haven't done any of this. Pick me. But, yeah. Right. Ah. That's how I think. There you go. So, this is something that actually is quite a big story, and we probably should have put kind of earlier on in the show, but it's a story about the Northern Ireland leader, Arlene Foster, resigning. Um, so, you may have heard this in the news, but you may be thinking, why is this important? Why does this matter? Well, Northern Ireland, if you'd have listened to our past few episodes, which, if you haven't, make sure you do. Uh, well, with Northern Ireland, what's happened is um, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of tension about there's been a lot of tension about Brexit and all sorts of things like that. And actually, she maybe hasn't handled it the best, and the Northern Irish people haven't particularly liked because of the way she's handled it. And she sort of did agree to Brexit, so she's actually resigned because there was a lot of pressure on her. But anyway. That's that story for you. Now, we're going to move on to the final story of the week. Now, we're going to move on to our new segment of the show. Now, this is pretty exciting. And we've come up with a very original name for this segment. Real Peel Sports Report. Definitely not stolen from some 90s TV. Definitely not at all. Um, so, we've got some quite interesting football stories for you this week. Because that's really been the main sport news. Now, one of them is Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably one of the greatest players of all time, has reportedly requested to his agent to look for a Juventus exit. Now, you may be thinking, oh my gosh, wow, why has he done this? Well, actually, many people suspect it's because of how Juventus did in the Champions League, where them crashing out, I think it was in the round of 16 or... I believe, or it might have even been the round of 32, to Porto, who are meant to be so much more of a smaller team. And he came under a lot of pressure from the media and actually a lot of criticism because many people actually said that his shooting was poor, the way he played was poor, and he actually has reportedly taken a dislike to that. So he's asked for a move. But does this mean he's going to leave? Probably not, because rumours about big players like him are always floating around. Like, do you remember last summer, the Messi story was everywhere. What happened of that? Nothing. And Ronaldo's stories and Sergio Ramos' stories and players like that do pop up a lot of times. And actually, a lot of the time, it is just agents like Mino Raiola, who's one of the main agents of the football world, sort of getting it in the headlines. So then, what basically happens is... The club's think, oh my gosh, we've got to actually look after him and everything. And a sort of public pressure for the club to keep him and everything and put effort into that so then they'll raise his salary and stuff like that. End up with them getting what they want. But that's not our only story about sports this week. We've got a couple more. No, that's not our only story about sports this week. We've got one more. And that's about Arsenal. Now, you may remember, well, you will remember, about the European Super League. And if you're not really too sure about what that is, 
make sure again you check out our episode last week because a lot of the stories from this week do follow on from that so that is a really good episode so go check that out actually but what i'd like to say is um what happened with arsenal is a lot of the fans were outraged about this and actually it's caused protests and all sorts when everton played arsenal like you had a couple of hundred arsenal fans stood outside Everton did win that game 1-0 though, which I'm quite happy about because I am an Everton fan. Um, with, let's just say it was an incredible piece of improvisation from Richarlison, not just a mess up from Leno. Um, but the Cronkay family, the people that own Arsenal, uh, they are under a lot of pressure to sort of sell the club. And on Friday night, uh, I believe half time when the game was on, a guy called Daniel E.K., who's the owner of Spotify, with £7.2 billion, pounds, uh, basically put on Twitter, oh, I've been an Arsenal fan all my life and I'm sad to see the way the club is at the moment. I'd like, well, I'd be happy to take over the club and buy it if that was an option. He sort of popped that up on social media, basically saying he wanted to buy the club, which is sort of something you don't really see or you haven't really seen in the past. But, I mean, a lot of the sports owners don't actually have social media because... They're not that kind of people, they're kind of secretive. But, I mean, Daniel E.K. is actually kind of part of the youth and everything. Not the youth, but he's a lot more in keeping with how people like you and me sort of have our culture of doing a lot of stuff online. So he's basically just posted it on Twitter instead of doing private talks. Um, And that sparked a lot of interest from Arsenal fans. And it's reported that he'd have Thierry Henry, Patrice Vieira, Dennis Bergkamp, and a lot of Arsenal legends on the actual board helping him run the club. However, today, the Cronkite family have come out and said that the club will not be sold. They're not going to get rid of it. And this has sort of upset a lot of Arsenal fans because they were hoping for a takeover where they'd inject money, inject life and inject a lot of fun into the club. But yeah, that's all we've got time for in today's show. And I mean, I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, before we end this... One thing I'd like to say, make sure you guys like, subscribe, all that good stuff, comment. Because seriously, especially if you're in like the first 10 or 20 listeners on YouTube, right? Or like watching on YouTube, because we don't do particularly too well at the moment. What YouTube does, if it sees a load of likes on a video, it promotes so much more. Okay? And like, the quicker we get views, the quicker we get likes, the more comments we get on the video, means it goes so much further and it makes such a massive massive difference like we cannot state that enough please do that follow us on instagram because we're going to be doing a lot more content over there follow us on all the platforms but anyway enough of that stuff hope you guys enjoyed the episode this has been the fourth installment of real pure reports out with the intro (laughs) 